Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I just felt like I was finagling and positioning myself like Chris Farley in a fucking suit. Yeah, like I thought you were like going to fall off the couch. Well, you know, here, that was the worst Chris Farley impression. That's Chris Farley today in the ground. Yeah, rolling over from that impression you did. Hey, why? Because he's fat? No, because that was a terrible impression. I was saying rolling because he's a large man. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> we're excited for the new year. In a couple days from when you're hearing this, we're recording this on Monday, December 27th. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and uh, a happy holidays. Or Hanukkah a month ago. If yeah. you're new here, uh, we have a bunch of movies. We talk about our lives, and then we talk about the movie that we watched. And we've had, boy, we've had... A week, week and a half. A month, a year. <laughs> I, I don't know where 2021 to stop has with that. been a whirlwind uh, the past couple weeks, definitely for everybody, but also us. In particular. In particular like, it's been, been crazy. A little wild. Um, so let's, let's start with the movies that we've watched. Because up front here, we always talk about the movies that we've watched since the last time we recorded the podcast. In and then theaters. We, and then we can talk about or or, or, or new movies that we haven't seen. That are not a part of our podcast parameters, and, which uh, are plentiful. And then we'll get into the holidays Our stuff. plentiful podcast parameters. Say that three times fast. Plentiful podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're reading today. Plentiful podcast parameters. Pip-pip from South Park. Pip-pip hooray. Pip-pip hooray. So we briefly touched on it last episode, mm-hmm. but we saw Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, like everyone else on the planet, apparently. Apparently. Uh, which is why everyone's got COVID again. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we watched Spider-Man uh, uh, two Saturday. no, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday prior. The 18th. Yes, uh, and it was It was incredible. incredible. It was Incredible. Such an experience. So glad we we saw it. I want to see it again. I want it to be on Disney Plus already. So I know. I, 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 I know. I really want to But it'd be the kind of movie again. that like I would pay to see again. Um, Absolutely. It was just... Because there's already so much I feel like I missed or didn't understand, and I will on repeat viewings. Uh, we're not, uh, we never spoil movies up front here like this. I, I, I'd be shocked if you haven't had Spider-Man spoiled for you by now. But not I by still, us, I'm but still, still, it's not going to be right. us. Uh, but if you're debating on whether or not to risk it, it's worth it. Yeah. Worth, worth getting COVID over, I, baby. I have kind of like in my head a running little all-time MCU list in terms of like my personal preferences. And I made reference, uh, I don't know if it's on the show, I know elsewhere, that after first doing a Shang-Chi, I thought Shang-Chi was like close it, to being in my in top, your top 10. Five, 10, yeah. T- no, not five, uh, 10. Spider-Man No Way Home would probably be top five after I, first I, viewing. I agree. I'd have to make a list, but maybe we'll do like a 
it's hard for us to do with movies we haven't discussed on the show yet. Yes. Because we do try, even though, like, after we see a movie in theaters or if we watch a movie or something like that, like, we, we talk about them, but we do tend to keep to our moratorium of not really sharing our feelings um, about movies. And so, you know, if we did a MCU ranking, like, Patreon episode, I feel like it would have to come... After the MCU movies, but, like, they're never going to end, so it's, like... We have had some pretty in-depth discussions about what we're doing about the MCU on this podcast. Because we have. We have tackled... So it gets complicated even more so now. And now! In the future. We've yeah. done Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which existed outside, in the MCU, but not crossing over at any point, at some point. At the now, time of yes. point that we watched We've also it. now done... We've done Deadpool and X-Men, which probably will end up being as a part of the MCU... And I, I don't want to get into anything further. At press time. Have not. They were standalone, but we did have the discussion about Deadpool and X-Men themselves because we did not watch those together. Well, which we ended up doing and catching up on, so we were fine with. Well, yeah, but it, it, we still kept them independent of each other. Yeah, but those we, are backdoored. We are, right. we, are, we are thinking about it. Yeah, it's an I don't want to say anything discussion. further based on... We if you have out. any suggestions on how to tackle it... Love to hear them. Please email us, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com. So I believe that's all that you saw, because I don't think we, we watched it. We already talked about King no, Richard. I did. I saw what, what we saw on Sunday. Saw Sing 2. Oh, no, no, I, oh, I, I forgot about that. Hold on. I, oh. I have two things in between there. Oh, well, um, oh. Because I couldn't remember if we watched anything. We already talked about King Richard. We already talked yeah. about... Um, there was another one we watched, Tick, Tick, Boom. We talked about both those. Uh, the day after Spider-Man. You talked a lot about Tick, Tick, Boom. The day after Spider-Man, I went way out of my way with my mother to go see House of Gucci. How far out your way? Uh, so my mother's already like 50 minutes away. And the theater that was closest to her, like five minutes down the road, wasn't showing House of Gucci at a good time for me to go to it on a Sunday. So we drove another 30 minutes to Winter Haven to go see House of Gucci in... Like, one of the shittiest theaters I've been into in quite some time. Reminded me a lot, reminded me a lot of the theaters I used to work in when I was in high school. Almost 20 years ago. Uh, no recliners. We were the only two people in the theater except some old guy who stumbled in 40 minutes in. Look, I knew what I was getting into when I went to go see House of Gucci. I got everything I expected. Less than what I expected, probably. If I had to pick one, it, it was all over the place. Uh, it was very... Oh, it knew what it was, but it still managed to be like boring in stretches. If you are a fan, uh, if you're just a fan of human beings, go see House of Gucci and watch what Jared Leto is doing in that movie because it should be studied by anthropologists for the rest of time. It, it, I, I can. I can never tell when you do talk it about no, Jared Leto I, if you love him or if you hate I don't, him. I don't. I don't like him. But in this, it, this is all I can say, and it's all I've said to anybody. I want to soar like a pigeon. <laughs> it's a line he says in the movie, and he sounds like he's both of Luigi Mario's testicles, and he's amazing. Gaga's also great. The acting is very, very good in the movie. Uh, story's all over the place. It's an experience. It's still somehow one of the better movies of Oscar contenders that I've seen as of late. Because uh, I also watched, which is now basically like the front runner for Best Picture, Best really? Director, 
Best Actor has a chance as well. Really? Best Supporting Actor. It's going to get nominated in like all five top categories, and it boggles my mind. It's The Power of the Dog. It took me two sittings to watch it. It's just not my movie. Sure. It's, it's not for me. I, Tony Colt, uh, co-host of the Blank Slate, texted me today, checking to see if we were going to do a 2021 like Oscar deep dive podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we will. Because we have some thoughts. I'm like, oh boy, I have some thoughts too. And we'll probably be w- way different on our thoughts. It It's one of those excruciating, slow burn Oscar bait movies that thinks, to me, that thinks it's really, really clever and really, really meaningful and deep. And it's actually just a bunch of boring bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so that's my like overarching review on it. And I'll be happy to dive into it deeper whenever we, uh, we talk about it on the blank slate. Uh, it is currently at the bottom of my list of all the Oscar movies that I've watched. That we've talked oh, about wow. the under King Richard under Dune under everything else. Okay. Uh, and under house of Gucci, uh, which is, which is boulder dash for any per- human being who probably likes film, but that's just my, my preference. And then yes, uh, this, uh, yesterday, like yesterday? That was yesterday. Good lord, it feels like six weeks ago. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we had, so all that happened the weekend prior to last. And then we had a pretty laissez-faire week at work. And then had the holidays, where we watched this movie on Christmas Eve Eve. Then we had Christmas Eve, which is Samantha's birthday. Had a nice dinner and fun time here at home. Then Christmas, we did it up big, as we are prone to do. Uh, with our, our five-year-old daughter, Jillian, had all kinds of presents, all kinds of food. Uh, relatives came over. We had a... We had a, a, a I good think old time. We, I think we had a great Christmas. I think it was a pretty good Good old Christmas. time. I got to take several naps over the course of Samantha, several days. Samantha's under one of two... Uh, we are both under blankets that we that Samantha got yeah, for... Yeah, I got three blankets, actually, for Christmas. For Christmas. What's the so third blanket? Very happy the one Auntie Will gave me. Thank oh, you, Auntie right. Will. Yeah. <laughs> She also got her new best friend, a stuffed Morris from Shang-Chi. Morris! He's in the sleeping! Don't wake him up! If you say his name, he's going to come over here. If Morris like, exits that bedroom and walks in here, I will shit my goddamn pants. Uh, Jillian made... Don't try to will him out like here. summoning him. Uh, Jillian made out very, very well. We're going to go see Frozen the Musical at our local uh, hopefully. playhouse. Hopefully with everything. We'll uh, we're going to go... The next AEW wrestling pay per view. Hopefully, got some jewelry, got some headphones. We did well. Christmas was Christmas. Santa was good to the Mullet household. Well, and we were good to each other. So yes. that's great. Uh, and the next day, we went to see the long-awaited movie for Jillian and for me at this point because I'm tired of seeing the fucking trailer and the commercials. Went to go see Sing Two, which will be on the podcast at some point next year for our wrap it up series because we're gonna have to put a bow buy it on it and mm-hmm. watch it as much as possible. Uh, Jillian absolutely loved it. It's she taken was, like, over. In all the I can't believe I have a five year old singing this much. Fucking you too. Uh, um, which is be worse thing she could sing, I guess. Sure. She did start singing. What is the song uh, in the auditions uh-huh. that the like the bat thing with the crazy eyes sings? That's a Billie Eilish song, I think. Right? It sounds like a Billie Eilish song. Yeah, I think it's Bad Guy. No, it's not Bad Guy. Well, they Bad, Bad Guy was in this. But, movie. Yeah, it's a different part of it. Uh, she's singing that all the time now. That's creepy. As and I'm fuck. like, great! I have a little creeper as a kid now. That's creepy for as me. Fuck. Totally. But fine. I'm I'm glad that she she didn't start singing Cardi B that was featured in 
the children's movie. Well, so so people are listening are not going to care if we spoil this thing too. And it's not a spoiler. The first song in the movie is Let's Go Crazy by Prince, which is my favorite Prince song. And it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And had I been taking notes while watching scene two in the theater, A, I would have gotten kicked out. And B, my first note would have been like, you know Prince is dead. I think I said when I left the theater, you know Prince is dead mm-hmm. when, his anim- when his songs are starting to pop up in animated movies because Prince wouldn't clear fucking shit before. And right. now I got to deal with Nick Kroll as Gunther the Pig singing, let's go crazy, yeah! I'm just like, fuck this motherfucker. But now I can listen to let's go crazy with my kid in the car. So... Who's really the asshole here? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you're still the asshole. I know. It's good in that regard. It was not as bad as I was thinking. Uh, it was going to be... It was just more of the same for me with the, the film franchise, you know? A lot of a lot of LCD eye-rolling grown stuff, some, some funny stuff, some emotional parts, some good singing. Yeah. But she enjoyed it, so all that matters. What did you think? No, I, I, I liked it. I do a lot. That brings us to what we're here to tackle today. Our last movie of 2021. Next week's episode will be the 2021 Mullet Award nominations. Uh, This was your nominated movie. And it was actually crazily appropriate that we saved this for our New Year's Eve show. Our end of the year show. Because this movie is basically about like the new year. Uh, well, well, the, end the of new year. The, it does take place. And the new year happens yes. during this movie. Yes, correct. Uh, the movie is Snowpiercer, which I will read the package for right now. Right now. Oh yes. <laughs> from the visionary director Bong Joon Ho. Fight your way to the front. The year's coolest sci-fi movie says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. This is a little ass type. After a failed global warming experiment, a post-apocalyptic ice age has killed off nearly all life on the planet. That's what it says. Has killed off nearly all life on the planet. That's why I paused. Because I was like, that's weird phrasing. No, it's not. That makes sense. All the remains of humanity are the lucky few survivors that boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, powered by a sacred perpetual motion engine. A class system has evolved aboard the train, fiercely dividing its population. But a revolution is brewing. This is really fucking worrying. The lower class passengers in the tail section stage an uprising, moving car by car up toward the front of the train, where the train's creator and absolute authority resides in splendor. But unexpected circumstances lie in wait for humanity's tenacious survivors. Visionary director Bong Joon-ho's enormously ambitious and visually stunning, that was a quote, according to Scott Foundus Variety, Film has been widely praised as, quote, a superb masterpiece of science fiction, according to MTV. Starring Chris Evans, Song Kang-ho, Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell, Octavia Spencer, Ewan Bremner, John Hurt, and Ed Harris. Ooh. God, like 12 rounds of fucking Tyson there. Ooh, that was, that was, you're lucky as fuck. Got through it. So, both of our first viewings of this movie... Uh, you bought this for me for Christmas several years ago, I believe, because this movie popped up on a lot of year-end lists when it came out sure back did. in 2013? Sure yes, I believe so. I think it was 2013? Yeah, 2013. Uh, didn't get nominated for any Academy Awards, but like everyone was like, gotta watch out for this Bong Joon-ho. Uh, gotta watch mm-hmm. out for 
Uh, and he'd already kind of been notable in the United States for he did the, like the, I think it was a monster sci-fi movie called The Host. Um, so Profile Rising, now he's pretty much regarded as a master auteur for making one of my personal favorite movies, Parasite, which I think is the best movie of the past 10 to 15 years that has come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely was very, very excited to see this. I'm surprised that you nominated this. Now, you nominated this just because you wanted to see the TV show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you... Did Thought you... the TV show looked good. Big fan of uh, David Diggs. Thought he did some, some really great stuff on Law & Order SVU. And also Hamilton. Uh, God. So, so was... Why do I have you on a movie podcast for what you just said? It was a joke. Please get a sense of humor. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, yeah, and I had also always wanted to see this. I'm a really big Chris Evans fan. Correct. Um, the, I think the cast is bonkers. Um, but let's be real. I didn't know exactly what this movie was about when I nominated <laughs> it. Let me put that. Let me put that here in the in the forefront. Uh, you know you're nominating this bleak ass post apocalyptic. Uh, I knew it. Thank God I've got it right now. I, know. I knew right, it was post apocalyptic. But I didn't know that they were, like, smashing people's arms to pieces and shit. So. They didn't smash them to pieces. Yeah, they did. His arm didn't go to pieces. He still had an arm. He, it was like... No, he, they smashed the arm and then, like, they smashed the pieces. When they froze the arm? Yeah, they froze... They he hit. still had an arm later. No, he didn't. He had he, a stump. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Because uh, I was surprised when it hit. I thought it was going to be like much more disgusting it was. and bloody. Man, no, I it was... wasn't bloody because it was all frozen. They smashed it and it burst into ice and all he had left was like, it was like only up here. I know it had a few when we were watching this, but apparently it had a few more. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. Um, I was expecting it to be worse than what it actually was. I think you're of... thinking of like the end. When no. he, he, his... When um, Chris Evans' character saves the... I don't want to spoil it. Well, I guess this well, is... This is the part odd. of the... They know when, spoil when, the movie. When he, like, goes to save the kid... Yeah. And pulls him out, and, like, his arm gets, like, ripped Oh, in the gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the gears. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, when they were... Yeah, you punishment. and Brenner's character, when it's the punishment, they, they, like, basically, like suction his arm to the yeah. outside for like seven minutes. And then it's frozen solid and yeah. it smashes into ice. Yeah. That was awesome. Obviously, <laughs> you and I watched two separate different movies. No, we did not. So I, I thought this was great. Um, it, it was definitely not what I was expecting. It was not what I was 100% expecting either. It was a lot weirder and a lot more bonkers. It, it was really bonkers. Than I thought it was going to be. And... I think we've talked about this before. Like you're dropped in the middle of a of a story, and which I prefer. Which I prefer, and you're expected to catch up quick. And they do a lot to like give you bits and pieces. But that's why I'm really interested in the show because I feel like this movie you have. How long was this movie? Two hours. Just a tick over two hours. Just a tick over two hours. You have two hours to tell the story, and differentiate the cars. And differentiate the different passengers and, and give the exposition, give everything. And I think, I don't think that they did a bad job with it. I just feel like 
having a television show that's about to show its third season may do a better job of really diving deep. I could not disagree anymore. This really? movie actually made me want to watch the show less. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> yes. like I'm looking at this mo- this movie directed by one of our greatest living directors, starring uh, one, two, three, I think. three Academy Award winners. Yeah. Two. Nobody. One nominee. Uh, the winners being John Hurt, Tilda Swinton, and Octavia Spencer. The nominee being Ed Harris, multi-time. Uh, Chris Evans, uh, somebody who should have been nominated, in my opinion, Sung Kang Ho for Parasite. Um, and then I was like, okay, but now it's a TBS show with David Diggs, who is really, really good in a musical. Jennifer Connelly, Academy Award winner. Granted, oh, also I, not a fan of I'm multi-time not a fan LVP. Of... Sean Bean, who I like, but is not going to be Ed Harris. And it's also, it's not like a prestige TV show either. It's on the same channel as like Claws and Animal Kingdom. I'm yeah, like, I know, but like I still want to watch it. But I'll give, I'll, I'm willing to give it a chance. Yeah, but I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, seeing I this it... versus that, I'm just like. Well, I felt like I needed to see this in order to see that. Yeah. Well, the TV show, I believe, is supposed to take place prior to the movie. Oh, so it's one of the other, like, uprisings or whatever that yes. they talk about? I think ah. so. Because I, I remember seeing on the, ah. um, I remember we were watching Christmas Story 24-7 on TNT and TBS, which uh-huh. this airs on TNT, and they were playing Snowpiercer commercials for the third season coming constantly, and I kept hearing David Diggs say, like, it's been seven years, and in this movie, it's been 15 18? 18, yeah. Um, you find out it wasn't his. Uh, I, think it was made I said that. Yeah. I said that joke. I'm stealing your joke. Um, How dare you? That's why people think you're the funny one. You take all my shit. Yeah, because you don't, you don't advertise yourself properly. Yeah, it, 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 it just it doesn't hold my interest like this does, which is surprising because when it started... So I'm like, all right, this is really, really bleak. An old woman has already been punched in the face. Oh man! Uh, and you—that's be- when I knew I had made an error. And you and you feel the gravity of it right away, and you yeah. get all it's right, real heavy. Bong Joon Ho is a master talking about class, uh, is evidenced by this and Parasite, and showing you the differences and the 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 lengths people the will treatment. go to, and the treatment that they endure, and and mm-hmm. how everyone you know fits in a role and tries to get out of that role, it's great. Not gonna lie, probably my biggest complaint about the movie might have been, like, the acting. I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the acting in the movie. I thought that the action pieces and the story were far and away better than the acting. I don't know if it was a... a boy, what am I looking for here? I don't want to say like a language barrier because the script was also co-written by Kelly Masterson. Um, but I, I just felt like a disconnect between some of the actors and like some of the material they were I presenting. I think it that felt the a little stilted and forced, especially early on in the movie. It got better as it got on. There's two or three specific characters that I have on my LVP list that won't end up being LVPs because later on in the movie I felt like they nailed something else really, really well that took them off my consideration list. Um... But then once I kind of got into, like, the world that's being built with, you know, the punishment of the guy's arm through the train, uh, the 
the basically the front mercenaries, this uh what's what was the guy's name? Franco and the other guy like kinda like nestling and cuddling up next to one another is like all this is going on. Tilda Swinton just going for it, whatever she does. I, you that, go Tilda Swinton. That and then what follows once the actual like rebellion begins. And I was expecting it was going to be like more of like a low simmer and we were going to wait. Like, no, it happens like 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And then it's like the progression of the movie is them progressing through the trains as a great narrative structure. Um, I it, agree. It keeps me on, the movie kept me on the edge of my seat with what was going to happen from be, from basically that rebellion point, them launching into their attack um, from the moment like Chris Evans like puts that gun up to his head and clicks the trigger and finds that they're, they're, they don't have any bullets and they start, I was like, okay, I have no idea where we're going. Let's fucking Right, go. right. I, I felt like it did a good job of doing that because then you find out, oh, swerve. They do have bullets. It's another so, swerve on swerve on swerve right, reveal like they, movie. Right, like they had a lot of those and they were unexpected, which I, which I appreciated. I thought that it was a really good story. Um, yeah, I just... I, I did really enjoy it. Um, I wanted, like, just more. And I think that's maybe why... Why, like, I want... I, I like, want to now see the TV see, show. Because, like, I just want to build on this world see, that they've established. That's another funny difference. I, I, but I think that's very... totally apparent satiated and, me. Yeah, but I think that that's kind of how we are, like... I like to dive like really deep into like a lot of like. You like to beat a dead horse. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And where I'm like, I like to get out while the going is good, which is very uh, opposite of us and other things. Like I'll sit at a, a poker table for like nine hours. Yeah, like, and lose all your fucking money because you're yeah. an idiot. But in but in entertainment, I'm like, you know uh, what? I don't need to see any more Snowpiercer like stuff. Yeah, like, but I, like I, I feel like we got the story here, I especially like because in this movie we see essentially the end of the Snowpiercer. So yes. I, I'm never a, I'm not a prequel person unless you're gonna do uh, bottle episodes like so as an example like Solo right like Solo we did on the show it was totally fine but the problem with Solo for me was that it tackled everything we've heard about for so long so there's no suspense in anything there's no big reveal in anything they had to pigeonhole the Darth Darth Maul thing in there. But, like, you know he's going to do the castle. You know he's going to be fucking chewy. You know him and Lando are going to, you know, do whatever. I'd rather see, like, oh, man, here's a story of Han Solo doing one thing you've never heard of before. You know what I mean? Uh, that's why, again, I kind of like uh, another thing we finished over the break is Hawkeye. Uh, and we were talking about, yes. like, our MCU. Uh, like our ranking Disney of the Plus rankings. And I have Hawkeye, ones. either one or two, because it felt more grounded. It wasn't like, the world is at danger. You know what I mean? It was like, look, there's just some fucking idiots in some track suits. <laughs> Causing a ruckus. And this Hawk death I lady. Gotta fix it. <laughs> Hawk, I gotta fix yeah, it. You know, like, it, it felt more grounded. Right. The stakes were lower. It felt more relatable. Like, and it was something that didn't directly tie in besides, the, like, the backstory of Ronan. It was a, a bow to tie up on something. Right. It I, wasn't giving you something that you knew exactly where you were going and what was happening. And that's how I right, feel like Snowpiercer is like, going to be. Like you knew he did the Ronin thing, but you didn't know how to deep what it extent. Got. Sure, right, right. So I, I okay, yeah. I can appreciate so, so that's your why point in of this, view, but the you're movie wrong. ends in a in a in a wonderful way. And I initially yeah, thought fabulous. I initially was kind of mad that the movie kind of going for even like a couple minutes because I thought it would have been great. Just like that train crashes, everyone's just fucking dead. Because you know, like 
I mean, I'm under the assumption that there are two people that live at the end of this movie. Like, that's how I'm taking it. That's uh, it. I mean, because you figure you lose however many train cars just off the bridge entirely. Um, you just have, I don't know the characters' names. The the little, Octavia uh, Spencer's Timmy. son, Timmy, and then uh, the the daughter of Song Kang-ho's character. Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I, could, I need to pull up Wikipedia at some point anyway, so I'll pull it up. Um, but those two are like your survivors. Um, and then I was okay with it because... Uh, of Yona. Yona. I, I felt anything after the post-crash and blackout was unnecessary, but then I was wrong because of how I felt like how epic the ending was is that... Boom, he, then they see... He was right. Like, like, yeah, they see the polar bear. They, they, there's hope, but you, you have these two people is all that's left. Uh, assumedly. Assumedly, yeah. Um, like That's why I'm like, I, I don't need to go back and see what happens, because I know where it's going. And unless there is some kind of, like, unless it's going to be its own story, then... Like its own multiverse? I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't need, I don't need it. Yeah. I don't care. No, okay, sure. Um, Fine. But the end of the movie is absolutely fucking crazy. The Between end of the that movie is insane. And the arm, kids, his arm. kids in the floorboards, Chris Evans putting his hands in gears trying to help him and stop him. Right. You have all the... Ed Harris just eating the steak. I mean, you have... <laughs> crazy! <laughs> it just gets... But, but you do have... Te- the co- pregnant teachers shooting people. What? That pregnant teacher, she pulled out the gun and she said, "Oh, that's that's not the end of the movie. That's like in the middle of the movie. It's you're getting confused. You're, you're getting Allison Pill as teacher. No, I know with, with the blonde Claude, girl. that security woman. That was weird. Yeah, who was very very weird. Who was only in the beginning and end of the movie. Uh, ah, the front and the back of the train. Uh, yeah, I I I dug it. At a certain extent, it was a probably like a bit more trippy than I expected it to be. So I wasn't prepared for it. So I was expecting, and I, I'm not, I, I know I'm trying to sound like a Bong Joon-ho expert. I've seen Parasite. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Between the host, <laughs> and I know he has that other movie, Akja, um, I believe that's on Netflix still that I sure, want to see sure. with Stephen Young. Um, but this to me more so felt like at times like a Luke Basson or even like a Wachowski Brothers movie. Than like a Bong Joon. They're just movie. called the Wachowskis now. Well, I still I still say the Wachowski brothers because that's how I, I know, but so they're I gotta, ju- now just the, the Wachowskis. Wachowskis. Thank you. You're um, welcome. So like that. Got to like, got to keep it right. Well, let's not get back into Christmas Day. Um, don't even. <laughs> just, oh my God! Don't even. Just for us, don't worry about it. Um, so that that was hard to reconcile, especially because, like I said, we watched this the day before Christmas Eve. We'd had a few, um, so I wasn't in the right like, like mind state <laughs> when yeah. I watched the movie. Um, so I want to rewatch it when I'm just like stone cold sober. That that would probably be a good idea. Um, was there anything you necessarily didn't like about the movie that we haven't well, tackled so I far? Because mean... I've mentioned for me, some of the acting was a struggle for me, and some of my personal expectations in terms of like grounded's the wrong word, but like how out there some of the concepts are going to be were just a bit of a take back. I mean, so I think I I disagree with you. I, there is not a lot I didn't like. I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was excessively violent. But then I think back on like all like the 
dystopian and like apocalyptic literature I've read and things I've seen and stuff like that. And this kind of reminds me of like in the Hunger Games, like the rich cat and like the capital. And it's shown like in the movies how like outlandish and crazy they dress to kind of demonstrate that. And I think that, you know, like as you get to the lower district, it's just like this train. Like you go from like this high opulence and everything down to like the graveling, like, you know, really poor and stuff like that. So I think, I think it makes sense in this dystopian, um, world that has been created. So I don't really take any, I don't take issue with any of that. Mm -hmm. I think it does make sense. Um, Oh, I definitely, I definitely think everything made sense. Well, but I mean like even like the outlandishness of like, like the club goers and stuff like that. And like how it, how they were dressed and like all the different things. And like the ladies there are just knitting in the garden. And then you go to like, there's people just like in the hot tub fucking, I think they were fucking. And then there's like the saunas. Like, I think it makes sense. Cause like, that's the progression of that kind of class growth, um, like the closer you get to the capital or the center and the leader, like the more opulent it is, the more rich and and the more outlandish because you can be. And like the further out you get, the closer to the end of the train, it goes all the way down and you're eating like bug protein bars things yeah you know what i mean bars which look like just like little like gold bars of jello which you find out are made of like crickets or yeah like like bugs crickets something but i mean they do have a lot of protein so i i that's you know what they do but so like i really understood that and i appreciate that um i am a really big fan of like dystopian literature um so why is that i i I'd, it's weird. Isn't it? Isn't it weird? But I think that's one of the reasons why, like, Hunger Games did so well. People, and I think we talked about it before, like, with, like, American Sniper and stuff. Like, sometimes people just are in the mood for that kind of movie, right? Like, people Oh, I think, I'm like, American Sniper is not a dystopian... Yes, I know that, but I'm saying, Yeah, like, it's, it's the old... Uh, Bill Simmons has a series, yeah. like, movies do well sometimes because... The world is just ready for it, XYZ ready. movie. Like, so, it's been a while right. since we've had a dinosaur movie, right. a war movie, right, right. like, exactly. a, a, so I think, a Roman movie, you know? like I think, happens. like, when Hunger Games came out, it it wasn't the first dystopian. And I don't like all dystopian, because I couldn't get through reading The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. which to me is, like, one of the first dystopian mm-hmm. novels, but, like... It just, like, kind of kick-started the genre of them. Sure, I have some of my water. I don't Whoa. mind sharing with you. Fuck face. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm a really big fan of it. I think just, like, the feelings and, like, the hope, which is the end, is always, like, the persevering feeling and line mm-hmm. in these kinds of things is, like, the hope, like, the despair and the hope. And... Mm-hmm. Um, like the growth and the coping and everything. I don't know why. I just like it. Hopefully, I never have to live it. But just in case, so where where would we be on where would we be on Snowpiercer? We if we could get it on Snowpiercer, where would we be on Snowpiercer? Don't say we as if we're going to be in two different places. We we may be in two different places. No. Why? Because. Because why? Why You'd be in the back. Why am I in the fucking back? Why are you anywhere else? I'm. 
because I'm high class. I'm British. I get my British passport. Be in front of the train. You're sitting there in Target sweatpants. You're correct. Yes. These are my sleep. They're actually sleeping <laughs> pants. Bitch, get your ass to the back of the train. <laughs> They're actually sleep pants. Um, you live in them. You those are your work pants. They're my work pants. So don't say anything about me they got and you being in different parts of the fucking train. I'm wherever Get there's a blanket. to the back. There's no blankets in the back. I'm not going. I think they had blankets at least. Yeah. They're not good blankets. They're like paper towels. Could you imagine? That's my dystopian reality. A place with no blankets? Yeah. No blankets. It's only like a, like the scratchy, like terrible blankets you find in like the quality inn. We should make a, we should make a bet where like the loser if you lose you have to like go without a blanket for a week i don't know what my equivalent would be you same no what's that on your lap the blanket you go without a blanket today oh you can't tomorrow the rest of the week okay so thursday when you're working from home we'll see how long it takes you to put a blanket on depends on the temperature outside oh does it Mm. be a man put on some pants if i if i gotta go through dystopia then i'll handle it um Favorite? Do you have a favorite scene? There. So another thing that I really particularly liked is just how many standout scenes there were that flowed. Very memorable scenes throughout yeah. the movie. So I already talked about like Tilda Swinton's first address and the guy's arm through the the train. So it is. Uh, getting to that that train car where all of the masked dudes are with oh, all the weapons. Oh, when they go through the tunnel. And the tunnel was... That was, like, with, just, like, the black light. Just the and, like, visual the of the weird mass dudes with the weapons, and then the music was a pretty awesome stretch. And then you, that was and really then you have, uh, you lose what essentially, at that point, is your secondary, secondary protagonist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and good old Captain America just lets it happen. Lets it happen, baby. Um, then, I really like, uh, when they're talking, um... That's yeah, great. No, when <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in a movie people talk. Yes, I'm aware that people talk. When um Curtis and mm-hmm. Nam mm-hmm. are talking or trying later to on talk, in the movie. Later on yes. in the movie. That, I didn't like how inconsistent that was like portrayed by the way with the translator like sometimes like they would just be talking and they wouldn't be doing it and they would still be and, like, holding a conversation it, yeah I, I get it's all inferred but f- sitting and watching it, it it's a little jarring. no okay yeah that did bother me yeah. a little bit it's like be just be consistent be consistent like, right? I, i'm Either fine have it with or don't it. Have yeah it. yeah i'm fine with it right like especially you know so that so you're talking about the scene near the end where where curtis is given nam's last cigarette before they're getting yeah. ready to go mm-hmm. to the actual to Wilfred to like, Wilfred car. and to, yeah bl- Nam reveals he hasn't been eating the uh, he hasn't been smoking or no he hasn't been the, the drugs or, what are they called the um the cro- cro- chrono cro- cro- chrono 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 chronotin creatine I don't know no it's chrono the chrono, it's chrono. he has been eating he has been addicted to the chrono he's been saving them to build up a bomb because to, like, it's highly flammable to, which to take it all they down. do say several times. Yeah. But I thought as throwaway and then swerve. Nothing's a throwaway not a throw for Bong Joon-ho. Um, not a throwaway. So that monologue that Chris Evans gives where Oof. he's having that last cigarette. Of and he's when they first came on the train. About first coming on the train and the altercation he got into essentially 
where he eaten. Well, I'm not there yet. Oh. Where he saved Jamie Bell's character. Well, no, he didn't save Jamie Bell's character. Oh, he was he was going to basically kill Jamie Bell. Yeah, he was going to kill Jamie Bell and um, Gilliam. Gilliam, saved John Hurt's character. Saved John Hurt's him. character chopped his arm off. Yeah. So Chris Evans' Could character eat. wouldn't eat this baby because they had to turn to cannibalism yes. because there were so many of them. And the baby meat, quote, is the it's sweetest. sweetest. The sweetest meat is baby meat. Is in this Baby monologue. meet Barry Windham. So I, I will say, so Chris Evans was on my LVP list until that monologue. I thought he was very wooden and ill-fitting of the, the character and the role. I just think it's really hard for Chris Evans to not do something that's larger than life. At this point, because... I think it's very hard for Chris Evans to either... I think it's hard for Chris Evans to play Shades of Grey. If that makes sense. Because, I think that that's a great point. Because we've seen him obviously be the most patriotic and heroic hero of our times as Captain America. And then we've also seen him be fucking ransom, like a total dickbag uh, in Knives Out. But like the, he's a hero in this, but he's no good guy from but that I, monologue and his actions throughout the movie. Yeah, but, but, but then I think it does come full circle and... That's the whole point. He talks about how he tried to cut off, like, everyone was cutting off their arms and legs to feed to each other in um, the tail end of the train. And he tried to cut off his arm and he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And, like, he has a big scar on it. And, like, Gilliam referred to it. And I think that it shows, like, that full circle and how he does become the hero when he puts that arm in yeah. and it, it does end up getting sacrificed to save this child. Like, I think it does come full circle. I think that's the whole point. I think that's the story that, um, Bon Joon Ho was trying to tell. He, he very much ends up being the protagonist and a hero, but throughout it, you know, he's still your driving force, but oh, there's, is, there's points where you're, Oh, is he the MacGuffin of the movie? I knew you were going to say that. I almost wanted to stab you in the fucking neck. Um, and then eat your meat. <laughs> not a sweet. <laughs> They're not a sweet. Uh, yeah, it, he just didn't fit for me throughout most of the movie. He's not my LVP, though. He's not my MVP, though. Um, but that, like, that's, that, that scene, scene is, a great, is scene. great. I also like the sushi scene. Oh, yeah, the sushi uh, well, scene it's, is there's really... There's all those cartons. It's just a sushi bar. They all get the seat and eat some fucking sushi. But and, I think that that and was... good exposition so building there. well done, exactly. It's a closed ecosystem. You have to have the exact right number. Otherwise, it doesn't work. The balance is off. And I think that it was a perfect way to tell this story. My actual, I think, favorite scene in the movie is the school scene. The, the Wilfred video basically just brainwashing these kids into like this cultish atmosphere and environment and this perfunctory hunky dory existence and then it just leads into this in barn burner of a, a shootout and battle um i really really dug a lot uh and then just the like the end like i always like when these big like big sci-fi action however you want to classify movies kind of come down you know penultimately to like think pieces and yeah initially you kind of think like it all building up to just like ed harris is kind of like a letdown but it was kind of fucking perfect and you get the final reveal that this is the way it always kind of has been like the back and the front work together you have to, to. keep 
a balance of like, what right. they have. Like, this and... is the world, and you... I, I think it was really well done, and it really did... I mean, this all tells a story of, like, global warning. Global, global warming. warming, and, like, warns about not checking ourselves, right? Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into this closed ecosystem of, of a world that they've created. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they, it just... It's led to so well. They do such a great job introducing it. Um, There's a lot of characters to juggle, and they're, they're all fully formed. I we lose a lot of them. <laughs> like I mean, you lose everybody basically. But the the manner in which people are kind of like exiting the movie, I wasn't like a big fan of. Like I felt like a, like a lot of it happened like in like this little chunk, um, especially when. Franco just randomly becomes very important. Um, and also pretty unconvincing as, like, this badass killer guy. That's my personal LVP if we want to start getting into performances. I did not like the guy who played Franco, who's essentially, like, the, the front's main, like, security or assassin. Yeah, and he just, like, fucking Terminator. He just didn't want to fucking just, go down. Just out of nowhere. And, like, he looks like Andy Richter. I'm <laughs> 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 just like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm just not buying it. He didn't have like any lines, but even just his, um, just his like, demeanor. indestructible demeanor. I just couldn't, I just couldn't deal with. Um, so he was my personal one. Yeah. I, I have, like I said, I have a list. I have Chris Evans on my list. It's not Chris Evans. Baby meat is the sweetest. Immediately kicks you off my list. Um, I had Tilda Swinton to a certain point. Because I felt like she was maybe going for it just a smidge too much. Again, ultimately not my vote. She wouldn't be my I MVP. disagree, and I also think that may be to do with the writing as well, because this part was not written for her. It was written for it was a man. It man, as she is playing a man in this movie. Well, no, she's still playing a... Mm-mm. 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 I'm 99% positive they, they, she's referred to as a he in this movie. No, uh, sir. They refer to her as sir, sir yeah. but she's not playing a man. Oh, well, there's like the star meme. Well, no. It's, you can say madam. No, they didn't change any of it. So does that mean but that it, impl- it, it makes it, her a man then in the world, in the scope well, of the... Well, it, it... You really want to get into... No. The, you really want to get into this pronoun discussion with no. me? No, what I'm saying is I feel like in the movie, that character is still a man. It just so happens that Tilda Swinton is playing it. I'd have to look at like... I'd have to look a little bit closer at some of the dialogue and stuff like that, but I know that the part okay. had been so written for John Wikipedia C. still refers to Mason as her ah. in the recap, but that doesn't mean anything. It's fucking ah. Wikipedia. Ah. I could change Wikipedia right now to make Shelton Benjamin the Secretary of State, you know what I mean? Ain't no stopping me, Paninis. I know that the part was written for John C. Riley, and they didn't... John C. Riley, wow. Yeah, uh, Bong Joon Ho wrote it with John C. Riley in mind, then adapted the character for Tilda Swinton, though he intentionally left lines of Mason being referred to in the masculine form in the script, and that shows up in the movie. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily black and white say oh, yeah, the I'm gender fired. because our pronouns don't necessarily define what our gender or our sex is. Are we clear on that? 150%. I wholeheartedly agree. Perfect. I was just misinterpreting it, and I'm willing to listen to what you're saying and change with that. Thank I you I appreciate very much. that. Thank you so much uh, for 
for your There's just times where, where Tilda is just like, eh, maybe not go to 17. Like, yeah, I know. like 11. But I think it's just like, I think it's just like the glasses and she, her face, just like this, like her smile took up like, uh, and like the hair. I yeah. felt like she was like Willy Wonka-esque. Kind yeah. Of. Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka, kind of. Sure. Um... But yeah, and I was gonna have her on my list too because I was like, I felt like she's like did like these weird mannerisms when she was. But talking. those are apparently but purposeful apparently because purposeful. Ed Harris says it later on as well. And that's what the kids do to clean yeah. out the train and keep it going. Mm-hmm. And so it's like everything's purposeful. Everything is purposeful. Yeah. So uh, I also had uh, there's this one fucking bald guy who like I think has two lines over the phone or something and it just reminded me of Jared Leto's House of Gucci voice. Oh yeah, and, you you yeah. you started talking in that voice during the movie. I was like, "Shut the fuck up." Don't ruin this movie for me with yeah, Jared Leto's bullshit. Please. And then also I already mentioned her earlier but Claude that like security bitch who I didn't just, like her. She I didn't just, like her voice. I was like, was, anyone could have done that. Yeah, and it, I, I didn't get why it was, was her it and whatnot. Was it memorable, really? But I, my vote is still for Franco. Yeah, uh, did yeah. you have anybody else? Um, I didn't really. I wasn't crazy about... Um, I don't know his name. The one who was like... Who... A gray... I think. Yeah, yeah. And he was like the fighter, and he's like, so, did all the martial arts and ran. He was built up like, to be like this really, really cool character, and then and he like was lamely fighter. Gets stabbed by Franco. Yeah, so like, he did not, he had like maybe, he didn't, I don't, he didn't he have any, lines, any lines, right? Yeah. yeah. And he also had like this ambiguous relationship to Gilliam. Yeah, like I wasn't sure if it was like his lover boy, or if it was his... Son yeah, was not or... was not a fan of him either. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of him. I could go with him. either one of them just because if you're gonna do like I think in the lineage of those secondary or tertiary, like silent or mostly silent badasses in these types of movies, you either have to have something physically charismatic or some kind of underlying master thespian right. to you to like show why you're in that part. Neither one of those guys had it. So I'm fine with either one of them. Me too. So um I think maybe the Franco was more egregious only because he was in it for longer and like And it came out of nowhere when like, he died, like he didn't die. I didn't know who like so the, the younger scene, Franco yeah, like, is like, the one who Like he's nestled up next to Franco the Elder. Like he's like a right. little like like, you know, yeah, like, a, young, like a fucking parrot on the guy's shoulder. Yeah. And he gets killed, and you can well, tell the but, other guy's upset about it. But he was also the one who, like, was, like, the enforcer. He's the one who, like, set up everything for the guy's arm to get frozen and all that stuff. Right. right? Like, the other guy's just observing it, kind of. And then, yeah, he got upset, you know, he died. He's the fucking T-1000. Yeah, exactly. He said, Terminator, And he's killing Octavia Spencer, he's killing Gray, he's, he's killing, killing everybody. Um, he killed somebody else, didn't he? Did I don't he, remember. Did he kill the guy whose arm got thing? Oh, he kills piece? Gilliam. Isn't he the one that shoots Gilliam? Oh, yeah, he shoots the... Gilliam in the head and then stares at the camera. Yeah, yeah it's just... I, I, I wasn't convinced. Yeah, was not convinced I didn't like that. Uh, another scene I did forget that I initially did not like and then grew to like was when Curtis and Franco are, like, shooting each other from across the train. Oh. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, why are you guys wasting these valuable bullets? We know they are on the train. Like across the train from another, and, and it's not doing anything. Holes. 
blowing holes in like the the atmosphere, of course, which is purposeful for when that does happen, so Nam can see the snowflake come through, and he knows realizes what knows is changing. Melting. But for then later, when you see like the bullets going through the holes that they've made in like these near misses, I'm like, okay, that's pretty tight. I, you, yeah, yeah. No matter how unrealistic this is, I, you got me. I'm Curve a that bullet, I'm baby. a white red blooded American that just loves that kind of shit, so yep. I, I, I can't help it. Um, sorry, so Vlad Ivanov is your LVP for Snowpiercer. Man, can I change my vote, actually, to the guy who played Gray? Why? Because his full name is, uh... Luke Pasqualino! But his, uh, his name that he was born with is, uh, Luca Giuseppe Pasqualino! He's not even Italian, he's just British. Oh, no, he was born in Italian Italian. parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nope. Giuseppe! Too late. Well, damn. Yeah. All right. Vlad, Ivanov. Ivanov. MVP. As already established, I cannot go with Chris Evans. <sighs> I'm sure that's who you were going to go for. I thought he did a good job. I think he ended up doing a good job. It took him a while to win. I thought over. he did a good job. I thought that he was very strong. But I, it, I do admit it was hard for me to get into him being in this role until... And it had nothing... At for, least halfway through. It had nothing to do with me thinking Captain America. It just was his line delivery. Like I said, like, it was very stilted and wooden, especially when he's around fucking John Hurt, who's on my list, because John Hurt's awesome. Especially when he's around uh, Jamie Bell, who's on my list, who I was really sad died. I was very surprised. I thought he endeared himself to you very, very early because he was a bright spot in the movie, not just in terms of hope, but he was very charismatic, very energetic, was the only kind of levity in the movie. I agree 100%. I thought he was fantastic, but now I feel like I can't give it to him because he wasn't in it enough to really warrant it. Um, and the movie did keep going. Like, had the movie like declined when he was off, yeah. then I can make the case. Sure, but but, but no, I, I agree. I thought he did a really good job. I was, I was surprised by his performance. Um, I have Ed Harris as well, because I thought, and like I said, for like, getting think, to the end. Yeah, but I don't think he... he... It was largely Ed Harris. Uh, that leads me to, yeah. s- to Song Kang Ho, who I fucking love. I'll see him in anything he fucking does. I mean, and, and the thing that is really interesting about him is that, like, I don't understand anything he's fucking saying. You don't need to. You, but but you don't need to. Exactly. And I think that's the problem that I have with the people who didn't have any lines. Because, like, I didn't need to understand what this guy was yeah. saying to know what he was saying. Yeah. Because of his charisma and his body language. It reminds and me a lot of everything. Sung Kang in Better Luck Tomorrow, where like he barely says anything most of the movie. Yeah. But he doesn't need to because get of it. just his overall aura. I also liked uh, his daughter. I liked the girl who played I thought his she daughter. was really, really good. Big bright eyed. I yeah. thought she did a really good job. I thought she was good and yeah. she she felt natural and she again kind of this like bit of a spirit but also grounded in the world that she's been surrounded in. Right. Um, I agree. I like them. I, I like uh, um, Edgar. Uh, yes, yeah, so I mean, I'll, Bell. You, you, um, can, you can have me go with any of Octavia those. Octavia Spencer. She's good. Wasn't she was great. fine. She she was fine, yeah. but she she didn't. I I feel like uh, I don't know. I don't know about Octavia Spencer, Oscar winner, 
And the, the last two movies we've done uh, of Ma her. And Ma and Snow. Oh, yeah, we haven't done uh, the help or hidden figures. Yeah, but when we do the help, I'm gonna, we're going to have a lot to talk about. I, I believe know. we also have hidden figures, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, we'll get to them eventually. We'll have a lot of Hidden figures she was nominated for. Yeah. No, actually, she had a three time Oscar nominee. I think she got nominated for, pan, uh, for um, Shape of Water as well. Sure. Um, I thought Allison Pill did a good job. The one scene, yeah, she's great. The teacher great. in the she's one great. scene. I love Allison. And she's always like that. Like, like mm-hmm. she draws you in. Like, I believed her. She uh, she was probably my second favorite part of Devs, that show I watched that Alex yeah, Garland I, I, did. Yeah, I watched Yeah, she, was, she was great in that. She was great in that. But yeah, but like, she, you know, I she just like drew me in. I liked, mm-hmm. I liked that scene a lot with her. But yeah, I think the strongest through line, if you won't give it to Chris Evans, would be... Um, uh, Song Kang Ho. Song Kang Ho. Uh, uh, Kang Ho song, really. Well, yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, it's it's gotta be, gotta be it because Hurt and Bell I thought were both great, but like we said, didn't do and like had they each I felt like had one more scene like a Jamie Bell had like a, like a dying monologue. Right, or, like if he had actually died, like yes, going out with a with a. But that was the point. That, that, that was, was purposeful. Point. Yes, like, of he, course. He was, like, this character we've invested the first 20, 25 minutes of this movie for is expendable to this cause, to our protagonist, even though that person looks up to him as a father figure. Right. Um, Big brother, father yeah. figure, right. And, like, this is also the cost of living. Your, yeah, this, the cost this is of the- your of your fight. The, the cost, cost of, of your, your fight. dignity. But but also the cost of, of living. Like, you know, Gilliam saved him as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Gilliam had saved him. Gilliam didn't want anyone to die. And he looked to Curtis, too. And they had that touching scene, which I thought John Hurt did an amazing job in, too. They had that touching scene when he's like, it's the end. Like, you don't need to go further. Like, you've proven your point. But, like, Curtis still pushed on. But, like, yeah. you know, I thought that... You know, like, there has to be this balance brought and, like, what's what's the cost? Right. And it's losing these uh, leaders, I guess, they would be considered. The the figureheads. Like figureheads, the, like, yeah. Like, Harris, yeah. Wilfred even says, like, the Curtis Rebellion. Like, right, right. they all kind of have their names, the seven dudes up on the hill that got out. Right. That are frozen there that people celebrate, uh, or like the te- like the teacher points out as they're going around right. for New Year's. You see them every New Year in that right. one car. Um, yeah. Well, that's really my last note. Was that fucking guy is still alive? Yeah. When, when he comes back and he ultimately what gets just like does he get like strangled to death or I don't remember how. He ultimately gets killed. I think he gets just blown up when he does the bomb. No, I think he gets killed prior to that, finally. No, because he's coming up the bridge. No, because so so Nam and Curtis shield. From the bomb. Yeah, so he, I think he's, I think Nam takes care of him prior to that. knocks him down into the machine? No, because uh, like they were fighting all the club goers. Right. And he was like knocking some of them down into the machinery and stuff like that. And I'm he looking, hold on. got through. Did it get squished in the door? I don't know, it just says Nam, Nam fights and kills Franco, who had followed them along with party goers from another car. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I had read that. Yeah. 
Yeah, the explosion kills everyone but Yona and Timmy, causing an avalanche that derails the train. Shortly thereafter, they escape the wreckage, see a polar bear in the distance, indicating that life exists outside the train. Um, what also leads to, like, so obviously, um, there's not necessarily a lie. This, like, I don't know if they're being lied to. Like, is there, there's no connection to the outside world, but there is this thought that Wilfred has basically perpetrated this because he does have this perfect machine. I do like that, that very, that felt very Kubrickian to me of like that moment where Wilfred just has Curtis just like kind of stand in awe of this perpetual mm-hmm. engine and it's just this big to do like, like fuck all machine. Um, and it just felt like ma- Marvel at this technology. Yeah. Um, but also it felt... Oh, his neck was snapped. That's, I knew something like that. It felt like grandiose to a point of like, look at what we could fucking build in the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't do anything to stop just fucking killing our planet. You know what I mean? Like, you could do this, but you can't do anything else to just not... You know, cause all life on Earth except these people that were able to get on this train to survive. Like, I I dug the meaning and the message behind it. Yeah, uh, this sort of thing scares the shit out of me. Really, <laughs> I just see where we're going as a planet and as a society. Yeah, and I'm just horrified of of what I will have to do if the time comes to like protect the two of you. And I, and get wherever we need to be. Like, if we wake up tomorrow and it's like, there is a asteroid heading for Earth and we have two weeks uh-huh. to live. You best believe in, in two weeks time, we are finding a way to get fucking we, underground. We've already talked about this. And I, why do you think I like all the dystopian stuff and I read all the, I already have plans for everything. I already know exactly what to do. Great, what are we doing? In every world apocalyptic situation. So it's an asteroid coming mm-hmm. to Earth. Yeah, so we're going to have to leave Florida. Mm-hmm. Can't go underground mm-hmm. in Florida, really, right? Because then we'll be underwater. We would drown when the water seeps in because of the poor construction that happens in Florida. Um, so we would, you know, that RV place down the street on Colonial? It's a terrible thing. It's right? not. We're going to pack our shit up. We're going to go steal an RV, get a lot of gas, we're going to drive to, like, the Midwest where they have a bunch of bunkers. We're going to break into one. So the roads are going to be bumper to bumper with everyone doing the same exact thing. No, we're not going to go on the roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. We're going to go off-roading. We're just build our own I'm going to leave you here and I'm going to live. Where are you going what's to... What's your plan? I'm just going to put it on my fucking neck and we're going to run. Oh, that'll last long. I don't know I'm going to carry these 2,000 movies with me. <laughs> now you're fucking Funkos. got to figure that out. Are you fucking Funkos? The end of shit. the world with movies. <laughs> Podcasting will still be around. They're like they're going to be the cockroaches of entertainment. Yeah. But we've already talked about this. I'm invaluable in a zombie apocalypse. I'm a much better shot than you're you. You're just a good shot. Yeah, exactly. What you need. What you got? You're going to fight the zombies up close? You're scared of bugs. Not from a distance. So when a zombie gets the jump on you. They're not going to get the jump on me. I am observant and they are slower than I am. Surprisingly. I want to get famous enough to get on a, a prank show. Where like I can prank you mm-hmm. in some like multi-million dollar like you really think real life happen? thing. Mm-hmm. To make mm-hmm. you think that this shit's actually happened. Mm-hmm. Just to see you react and how quickly you get fucking 
quote unquote killed in this I would not. life scenario. Okay, cool. Get your ass to the back of the fucking snow piercer. No. Where you belong with your target pants. No, I would be I would be like knitting in that garden. You would be knitting in that garden. You're one of the people that goes off that fucking bridge. Probably. When the when the train gets blown up. Or I'll be in that sushi bar. Anything else for Snowpiercer? I think we covered everything I'd like to talk about. Oh, good. I I was was worried about that. (laughs) The way you put it was very pretentious. I've I've talked about everything I wanted to talk about. It sounded very, very front of the train. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Wilfred says something. He's like, "We're the only two people that have ever walked like tail to head." That's not true. Because, like, Timmy's right there. But he doesn't, he didn't say that. He was just lying to him? Yeah, he lied to him. Wouldn't have uh, clawed at them the same thing? The woman that went and came and got him? I don't know, man. She's in that room right then. Sure. I get, I don't know. I'm looking too much into it. Yeah. But, but no, but I think that's true. I don't think that's the case. Um, yeah. I feel like that. Unless, I don't know if Claude's ever been, like, in the engine area. The, he, they say that prior to the engine. Well, then I don't know. Do better, Bong. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You literally oh do better. Oh, my God. Uh, score time for Snowpiercer. You nominated, so I scored first. Great first viewing. Uh, an absolutely incredible story. Um, great action. Great... Great script, directing top-notch, acting for the most part, like I said, pretty good, spotty in some parts, gets a little too wild for my taste in some parts as well, but I still do think it's absolutely masterful in what it does. I'm going to give this, I'm waffling between two scores, I'm going to give this uh, baby meat, man, baby meat, I'm going to give this a nine. Ooh, Wow. That's really interesting because I didn't think you liked it as much as I did, and I I'm did. also giving it a nine. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> so you have the build up to match my score. Well, no, because as you were talking about it and like all the things you didn't like about it, and you were saying like the acting wasn't good, like I didn't think that that would garner a nine from you, is all. But I really enjoyed it. I didn't like the violence as much, but. I've given higher scores to more violent movies. The acting problem really unexpected. ended after the first, like, like I said, like it was all minutes. pre-revolution. Sure. Um, okay. Well, and, no, that's good. And then, like, the weird stuff eventually, like, just like I said, brought me into this edge of my seat. I don't know where it's going. Right. Like, sure, sure, wor- sure. Word building, world building situation. The movie stuck the landing to me. I, I fucking love. I well, it. no, it, it didn't. Great. The train fell off of the track. Hilarious. So I get to nominate two movies now. Oh, um, gosh. Our schedule has been, is going to be thrown for a loop because Yay. people are are wonderful assholes. Um, Thanks, Mom. So we had a couple movies purchased for us uh, for Christmas. The rules are that they go into our queue. Plus, also now, you want to just randomly watch like Sonic the Hedgehog with our no, daughter no, for no, the podcast. No, 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 no. Jillian wanted to watch it. And I said, we own it. Oh, well, if we have to sit through it, we should just do it for the podcast so we don't have to do it again. Okay. Well, we'll see. Unless, uh, I mean, we could we, we could change it. We could watch it two or three times. If we can find it somewhere streaming, then that breaks our rules and we don't have to worry about it. 
But no, the whole point is then we'd have to actually watch it again because we own it. Right, but that could happen like in 2062. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, that could happen way down the road. Guarantee it's the next movie you pull out the fucking box. So I'm making sure that what I'm nominating right now is going to air on February 17th, 2022 because that is our 15 year anniversary of being a couple. So I'm nominating the first two movies we saw together in theaters. I, you can't. I think I already nominated you one of them. You have not. I'm pretty sure I did. You have not. I'm pretty sure I did. I have my poop report. You have <laughs> not. I nominate Rain Over Me and Grindhouse. Oh, man. That's a tough decision. It's a tough decision. Um, the third movie we saw together we just did, which was Hot Fuzz. What's the fourth movie we saw together? I don't fucking know. Oh, man. Yeah, you were going to impress me there. But Grindhouse was the first movie we saw in a big group of people. Uh-huh. Rain Over Me was the first, first time. Movie, or the first date we went on. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. First I don't movie want, date. I don't want to relive that. Let's do Grindhouse. Perfect. <laughs> I got that movie for you out of like a like a memory box that I got for Christmas a couple years ago. And I was like, man, I don't want to watch this movie again. Yeah. So I'm glad you picked Grindhouse. It's much more... Appropriate, uh, and we'll be doing the two. So we'll be doing the Grindhouse Experience. We'll be doing Planet Terror and Death Proof. We'll have to discuss how we are structuring. They're technically, that. two different movies, but they are technically packaged in like the way we're going to be watching it is the cinematic experience where you see Planet Terror, you get the trailers in between. It goes into Death Proof. They were sold separately on DVD and Blu-ray, and they had the collector's edition. Which we have, obviously. Which, which, which is what we have, yes. Um, I do believe that they would be considered two separate features. We, we'll watch the movie, and we'll see how we feel afterwards. Um, we have like a month and a half to figure it out. Uh, so. I feel like we should consult Podfather on it, but I feel like it's two separate features. So you know what? No, we're not going to consult him. We're going to make up our own fucking minds. We're our, we're, this is our podcast. Uh-huh. I know I'm. Just, <laughs> I know I'm uh-huh. You're gonna. You, you've already texted him. You're just waiting for him to answer, right? I asked him the same thing for Rain Over Me. I was like, yeah. "Actually, it's two different movies." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but next week's episode is the one we wait all year for. It is our 2021 Mullet Award nominations. I can give Samantha her list. Finally, that she will under study and perform on as usual. Um, and we'll do. We'll be recording our nominations You're sometime rude. this upcoming weekend. You're real rude. And after that, Where's my book? coming down the pike. Where the fuck's my book? We got The Life Aquatic. We got Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. We got Major Pain. We got My Blueberry Nights. We got a bunch of weird-ass movies that were bought for us. It's going to be a good start to 2022. And we'll be talking more about that next week. But for now, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe every year. Podcast, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies at Mary W. Movies on Twitter, Mary with Movies at gmail.com. For me, at your host, Mull38 on Instagram, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary, where I finished the sixth period where I do a recap in terms of watching the shows. I'm still in 1995. I will be in 1995 until basically the middle of January. And then I will be in 1986 until about June. Because officially we are going to have a pay-per-view, two pay-per-views a month in 1986 from both companies. You're the worst. For a show a week, so I'm covering two months in one month. It's hard hard times. 
I know what I'm talking about. Any, any, one plus one plus two. Anything for you? Um, at Jam with your Sam on Instagram. That's all I'd like to talk about. Cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Why don't you put your glasses up on your face like a nerd? Because I'm a nerd? I know. Are you, are you done insulting me? Never. For Molly. This is Molly. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Get to the back of the train. You were going to say bus, and I was going to be so offended. What? <laughs> yes, you did. You said but Train. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.